Is it legal to cook and eat a dragon's egg? We're all worried about identity theft, but is it possible for a demon to take your soul through your webcam? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hey! Yo! Welcome back to the podcast. This is This Paranormal Life, the show where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, case, or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. Every week you're joined by your favorite paranormal investigator hosts. My name is Kit Greer Mulvena. This guy's Roy Pars across from me. That's right. And listeners, if you do have any information regarding the consumption of dragon eggs, please do email in. I don't want to get into detail of it, but, but Kit and I have... Recently come into a surplus of dragon's eggs. A bounty, if you will. Uh, An absolute bounty. And we just want to know what the legality is around cooking and eating them in scrambled or fried form. But if you could be fast, because I don't think these things have a long sell-by date. Oh, no. And they're the size of a truck. So it's going to take an industrial-sized egg cooker. You can tell I am not a chef either. I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, on a slightly worrying note, at least two of the eggs are wiggling as mm. if something's wriggling around in there. Oh, and they're screeching. Mama Dragon's overhead. She's circling us like a vulture because everyone says, oh, you know, dragons, they love treasure. They love sitting on big piles of tre- yeah. treasure. You know what else they love? They're kids. Yeah. <laughs> and they're very family oriented. And their little dragon heads are poking out of the egg. It's like whack-a-mole over here. <laughs> We're trying to hammer them and back. And she's in. out of her damn mind if she thinks she's getting them back. Absolutely not. These delicious piles of scrambly goodness are all ours. Because you know what I love more than she loves her children? Huevos Sancheros. Of course. Okay. <laughs> I want a couple strips of dragon bacon on the side with my dragon eggs. So if anyone has any information about crossbows, hopefully yeah. on a kind of Game of Thrones size scale. Of course, because we, we want we want some dragon rashers, some dragon eggs, and some orc sausages. <laughs> Needless to say, we have a basement full of captured orcs. Of course. Anyway, well, we digress. This is, uh, this is not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the paranormal. Uh, and as always, we've got a fantastic story to dive right into. So I'm taking you to Malaysia, northern Malaysia, in July last year. On a street corner, Maxik Zan, or Auntie Zan, was cooking up dishes of mackerel, curry, and rice that she, I guess there's no dragons in, in northern Malaysia. Apparently not, living like a peasant. That she sells to the locals when, out of nowhere, she hears screaming. It turned out it was coming from the high school across the road, which is somewhere that she sells a lot of her food to. She was being real coy about the about setting up on this street corner. Let's be honest, the only reason she's there is to sell to the hundreds of school children that that go there. Smart. But she had no idea what was going on inside. Meanwhile, inside a normally quiet classroom on a quiet Friday morning, a student called Siti Nuranisa hit the floor. She had been sat at her desk when she suddenly fell over. Others were- Dragon! No. There's a dragon no. in the classroom. No, of course not. It's a small classroom. The dragon is the size of you the school. You know those motherfuckers can turn invisible. No, you don't they're know ma- that. I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. Yeah, of course you've never seen it because they're invisible. Okay, well, Just granted. ready your crossbows, folks. We don't know where this story's going to take Listen, us. I prepped this story. Just trust me. Okay. Dragons have almost nothing yeah, to do I'll with it. I'll trust you, almost. you scaly bastard. You, you think little, I'm a dragon you, you dragon rat. You think I... Am I a dragon or am I, am I a rat? Give me your eggs, you scaly f- Whoa, put on put on the egg spoon. <laughs> You've got a giant dragon-sized egg cup. Others in the classroom were obviously a little shocked, hoping she was okay. But this is not uh, altogether uncommon. Thinking back to primary school, secondary school, people occasionally fainted. It did happen. Yeah. Uh, I actually did quite a lot of it uh, in primary school. I Wow. I don't know if it was... Some sort of demon possession, some sort of... I don't know what I said, what I did when I was blacked out. Apparently, it was pretty bad. Apparently, it got me on the dock. Uh, the dock? Mostly, I got off with everything because I was so young, but... The, so, why you moved? Uh, probably. I moved around quite a lot when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. It's blacked out. But sometimes, I would just be... I don't know. We'd be in class, like, you know, answering stuff, and then I would just uh, hit the deck out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, don't really know what to say about it's that. It's weird. A lot of it would happen like the day of exams. Like you would be fine all semester. And then right when it came to the GCSEs, you're, every class you were dropping. 
any time to perform really uh whether it was school sports day yeah i'd be lining up at the 100 meters line like red in the start position ready to go (laughs) and i would just face first into the crowd the weird thing was like a lot of people thought you were doing it on purpose Mm. but you would assure everyone you'd be there on the day you'd be like don't worry i'll be there i won't let you down this time and everyone would say you you've blacked out at the starting line for the last three years in a row we've let you reset your a levels five times at this point everyone else has gone to uni everyone else has gone to uni years ago and i was like bro i want to pass my a levels more than anything i want to do it i want to be there i want to sit the exam on the day i want sure i might black out well now don't say that because you said you wouldn't black out right sure but like never say never huh that is a terrible attitude to have in regards to blacking Look, out. All I'm saying is I'll try not to. But if I don't get any sleep right. and I, I've just eaten carrots well, only for uh, two months running up to the exam. Carrots? And then I fast for the 48 hours before the exam. Eat and, a carrot. And then I hyperventilate carrots. before the exam because, sure, I'm nervous about blacking out of during the exam. Well, don't think about that. That's only going to make things worse. And then I want to amp myself up for the big day with a few triple espressos. How Listen, are you still alive? No one, you can't tell me that I'm not going to faint. So, sorry, you're you're eating carrots for months until the day before the exam. Of course. Where you fast stay up all night i'm trying to get then, my brain into the optimal exam condition well you're not a bunny so that's not fresh. how that works carrots help you see in the dark the smartest animals of all just just because you're blacking out doesn't mean you need to see in the dark so you can ditch the carrots for a start i was gonna bring a headlamp granted <laughs> night vision goggles <laughs> you still pass out immediately smashing the goggles on the floor so yeah uh city's friends and her teacher all run and stand around her to try and rouse her from the floor the thing was she wasn't just sleepy or like blinking or rousing from consciousness on her face was pure panic terror tears she explained the assembly bells rang i was at my desk feeling sleepy when i felt a hard sharp tap on my shoulder I turned around to see who it was and the room went dark. Fear overtook me. I felt a sharp, splitting pain in my back and my head started spinning. I fell to the floor. Before I knew it, I was looking into the other world. What? Scenes of blood, gore and violence. The scariest thing I saw was the face of pure evil. It was haunting me. I couldn't escape. I opened my mouth and tried to scream, but no sound came out. I passed out. So she went to hell, it sounds like. (laughs) It's got a sneak preview. Yeah, she called it the other world, but I would say hell. That's what you would call it if you were in denial about going there. Yeah, I don't want to say the H word, but I just saw the devil (laughs) barbecuing another man. So (laughs) I don't want to jump to conclusions, but it seems like this is hell. There was a welcome to hell road sign granted. They were playing ACDC's hell. Hell's Bells, Highway to Hell. It was a playlist of all the, the hits. All the hell hits. You can imagine the teacher in this scenario just quickly trying to make sure a city was okay. Maybe let her go home and rest and quickly get the other students back to studying. But almost immediately, they heard screams around the school, crying and screaming, echoing through the halls of the school. Another girl had passed out just like City. Within minutes, students and teachers started barricading themselves into the school closing all entrances and classroom doors it's unclear whether they were trying to keep everyone inside or to stop something else from getting into the school at this point the unaffected teachers contacted their local witch doctors and spiritual healers who were brought in to perform mass prayer sessions to try and heal and cleanse the school of whatever had caused this affliction why do teachers know witch doctors those are two very conflicting careers yeah it's like being a a surgeon who has a drug dealer or in like on speed dial yeah, or something or a cop and a cop calling a robber yeah it doesn't work <laughs> the you, opposites you you embody a paradigm of education and enlightenment so you call a potentially one of the most ignorant people in modern society maybe that's it though maybe as teachers they're like hey we don't know what this is what's the opposite of us witch doctors i am kind of joking of course i don't mean to tar every witch doctor with the same brush there we we have granted explored topics in the past where witch doctors have been of course completely irresponsible dangerous in some cases but 
that does not mean that all witch doctors are charlatans. That's true. Witch doctors is a very broad term. It can apply to any sort of form of historical medicine or spiritual medicine of any kind. So, uh, so we'll see what they have to say. The witch doctors decided to sacrifice the oldest child in every room to seal the portals to hell. The teachers carried the girl to the front of the classroom where the witch doctor would... No. They basically performed kind of mass prayer sessions, these chants to the kind of the entirety of the schools, pupils and teachers alike. Yeah. And this kind of generally brought the whole temperature of the situation down, unbarricaded the doors, obviously. And by the end of the day, crisis was averted and no one was seriously hurt. In total, about 39 people were directly affected by the apparent possession by this dark figure as seen by City. One of City's friends, Rosidia, said, City was screaming uncontrollably. No one knew what to do. We were afraid to even touch her. And from outside and across the road, back to Auntie Zan, who was cooking up mackerel and curry, she saw nine pupils being dragged out, kicking and screaming, before being taken to a prayer room where the witch doctors <laughs> and their assistants were working in there for hours. I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming prayer room is in quotation marks. <laughs> because... It turns out the building authorities won't let you build a witch doctor lair. <laughs> so you got to call it a prayer room. A prayer room, of course. But we, mean, we all know what goes on in there. We literally just did an episode on um, a, a person who was possessed by demons. We know what goes on in there. It's not prayers. Well, it is slightly prayers. <laughs> there are some prayers. The angriest prayers you've ever heard in your life. And as the day's events ended and the dust settled, teachers and officials were left to speculate about what really happened. Needless to say, the grown-ups didn't really believe the words of the children. Even when kids claim to see literal demons soaked in blood, the adults are just like, Okay, Timmy, what did we talk about? Hmm? The demons are just in your head, okay? You're just tired. But look at my look at my arm. There's claw scratches all down me. Mm, those could have been from anything, Billy. You know what the playground's like. I, I just I just literally vomited black tar into mm. the bathroom sink. Black. It was I, black. I do that every Saturday morning, Timmy. It's not nothing to be afraid of. And so the grown-up officials chalk this up to something we've covered in the past. A mass hysteria of some kind that one kid freaked out and passed the panic onto the others. However, what they didn't expect and something that would complicate the theory of mass hysteria is that this dark shadow figure that City reported wasn't an isolated sighting. In fact, others had seen the same being before. What? Cut to the town of Penkalanchepa, a mostly unremarkable town that received media attention after a paranormal event a couple of years ago, leading to the local school being dubbed the most haunted school in Malaysia. Wow. Which is kind of worrying if your country has like a top 10 haunted schools. It shouldn't be a competition. It should be, no. there's one school, it's the haunted school. Right. There shouldn't be a And then no one should send their kids there ever again. Yeah. Hopefully. I think if we've learned anything from the popular series Harry Potter, is that kids, kids don't care where they go, and adults don't care where the kids go. You know? Kids send their, their kids to Hogwarts. That son of a bitch is being attacked by demigorgons, not demigorgons, dementors, <laughs> nonstop. Close enough. <laughs> nonstop. Voldemort's going at it. There's there's witches in the school and wizards running around with wands. I mean, that's a that's a health and safety. I feel like a couple right kids there. died every year at Hogwarts. And it's just you don't even have to brush it under the rug. There's probably a spell. There's like Kidios Disappearos. And that, that <laughs> you know what? Just kill their parents too, and no one will miss them. We can actually. Uh, I invented this one spell that not only makes the uh, body of the child disappear, but wipes the memory of everyone who ever knew him. Like, can you just at that point? Can you just turn back time and yeah. bring the child back to life? I've already. He's already gone now, and uh, his robes actually got burnt from my fireball. So it's not worth it at this point. Are you making me disappear? I can see my feet disappear. <laughs> rum, da, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> The problem with Hogwarts, which I never understood, is that there doesn't seem to be much competition 
I think if you're a witch or a wizard, you have to go to Hogwarts. There's no, like no, no, there's there's like there's other wizard schools. Yeah, but not in. It doesn't seem like in the UK. It seems. It seems oh, definitely like, not. It seems like any time they talk about another school, it's in like France or you have to go to another country. Essentially, yeah. There's one choice in the UK. There's gonna be the UCAS points are like totally meaningless in the. Because what happens system. if you're? I guess. I guess that's the reason they have houses in Hogwarts. I guess. It's like, you can be a wizard, but you can still be a little shit. And that's why you're going to Slytherin, you know? It's like, there's almost like tiers of good wizard within it. Like, if you get, if you're a Hufflepuff, you're a joke. You got in on clearing. You're a goddamn you know? joke. You didn't get the UCAS points. You, somebody knows somebody's dad. <laughs> and you got in. In 2016, this most haunted school in Malaysia had to close due to a series of possessions. It started as a small group of students claiming they had seen a dark black figure lurking around the school. Shortly after, some students and even teachers claimed to have seen the same thing and even experienced a supernatural presence. One teacher told the local news channel Astro Awani that she felt a heavy presence hanging on to her, and another teacher claimed the dark figure was trying to enter her body. Another student told a local newspaper that his hands went numb and his mind was, quote, all over the place, which in hindsight is not as dramatic as the other accounts. Still not what you want in a teacher. It sounds like they might have just been tired or something. Overworked for sure. In all, around 100 people were affected at this school, mostly students, but some adults and teachers, as I mentioned. This is quite a difficult situation to begin because we've talked a lot about haunted um, houses before, families that have been haunted. But here, uh, like the asylum that we investigated in uh, Korea, you have an institution, a building that houses a lot of people. What do you do when that is haunted? It's not as easy as just moving location. I mean, you really have to knuckle down until, as we said, it gets to this point where the teachers and the students are all being affected. And when it gets to that point, that's when you know you're at like 100% haunted level, which is tough. That's when you have to do your overnight evacuations. It's kind of interesting to think because personally, I don't really think much of schools as being a traditionally haunted location. But if you think about it, everyone knows that schools are breeding grounds for germs. Kids, they spend the summer running around having fun. And when they go back to school, it's notorious that everyone gets sick immediately because all the germs come together and mingle with all the kids like roughhousing in the playground. Yeah, but germs aren't demons. Wait. Okay. Wait. Germs are incredibly like demons. Okay, so... And if you think all those kids are running... So I was right to interrupt... Don't interrupt. Wait till I finish my point, and then it'll all make sense. Like when I'm finished making the point. Okay, but I was all I was going to say is that germs aren't like demons. So as long as that's not the point that you're trying to make moving forward, listen, you'll see that it isn't my point when I finish the flipping point. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. So demons are so incredibly like germs that whenever kids run around in the summertime, they're collecting so much negative karmic energy that when they come back to school, the demons run rampant (laughs) and infect the kids like germs. Karmic energy? (laughs) Yes, it's it's very much like germs, but it's kind of a currency of demons. You You can no longer criticize witch doctors on this podcast. If you're comparing germs to demons... You, you, you're gone. I'm actually starting to think the witch doctors are onto something. Well, they were I'm actually the thinking they're right about a lot of stuff. I think these asshole teachers should have kept their mouths shut and let the demons <laughs> learn a little something in class. Because you know what they don't have in hell? Media studies. Geography. Math. PE. Maybe these demons just wanted a chance to better themselves. They're down there all day just getting their asses spanked by burning hot ladles. They just want a little time out. They want to go learn about ladles. <laughs> they want to go. Demon chefs spanking people with ladles. They just want to chill out and learn a little bit about the stalagmites that develop over time in geographical caves. That's all they want to know a little bit about their setting. Yeah. What, how does hell work? Yeah. How can a fire burn for eternity? It it can't. It can't above ground, underneath. They want to learn about Pythagoras's theorem because Pythagoras is in hell and he's a mean old bastard down there. He did some bad shit when he was alive. Sure, he did all the triangles yeah, and the, the he was, math. He was good at triangles, not he much also, else. He also smoked a lot of meth and killed a lot of guys. 
So they can't talk to them when they're in hell. They got to learn about it up here. Like I say, students and teachers alike affected by this this dark figure stalking the school. One senior member of staff at the school said, quote, Our students were possessed and disturbed by some spirits. We're not sure why it happened. We don't know why it affected us. But the school is a bit old and these children can be disobedient. Sometimes they throw rubbish in the school playground. Maybe they hit some gin uh, and affect and offended the spirits. Oh, okay. So I'm going to just sidestep the worrying fact that the the teacher is so readily accepting that the place is haunted and that the kids have offended demons. But it's quite interesting that they mention the term gin. Gin is something I don't think we've really covered on this paranormal life but there's so much to talk about we've only covered tonic <laughs> just trying to make light of a serious situation do not it's the only thing the if the gin can hear you and they, they hear you making tonic jokes they're yeah. not going to be too happy about that okay okay so, if the gin can hear me the vodka definitely can am i right okay you do not want to f- with the vodka demons <laughs> The cor- the corona cryptids of the night will come for you. <laughs> the ghost of Jack Daniel is a mean old f***er. <laughs> and he, he does not take kindly. But yeah, gin is something we would really need at least a f- complete episode on its own to talk about. But basically, gin is a broad and very, very old term for supernatural beings in kind of Arabic pre-Islamic uh, culture. Now, they're not necessarily good or bad, but it's it's just kind of like a supernatural entity. They seem pretty bad in this case. But pretty fascinatingly, some people actually think that jinn and shadow people are essentially the same paranormal phenomenon. Because, for example, in Europe and the Americas, we don't have a history of shadow beings necessarily, so we might not have a word for it. Yeah. But in the Middle East and Malaysia... They're just like, oh, yeah, there's a djinn. Like, we've got djinn left, right, and center. That's just their name for them because they have so many shadow beings, maybe. But this member of staff wasn't the only believer. The school's PE teacher, Noelela Wati Ramli, age 32, told the media she was helping one of the students that had been afflicted by the specter when she was grabbed by something and pinned to the ground, something she described as the black figure. Jesus. And that's the PE teacher. That's the most swole member of staff. Yeah, yeah. In the building. And they're getting pinned on by the gin. If they're not physically capable of defending themselves, little Mary over there isn't going to be. The gin are going to beat her up. The gin are wailing on (laughs) Timothy. Hanging him by his ankles, giving him swirlies. But that toilet isn't go full of water, it's full of fire. They're dunking his head in the underworld. And the you know, his head goes down into hell. Pythagoras is down there, it's sucker punching him in the nose. Doing a reverse triangle jujitsu maneuver. Of course. Of course, because it's funny, because he invented triangles or whatever. Yeah. And the witch doctors just stand there like, yeah, the jinn aren't really good or bad. Yeah, shut this school down. <laughs> As soon as one adult complains of a black specter pinning them to a ground, shut the school down. Yeah, because it's not safe. The principal can't intervene. You can't send the djinn home. <laughs> the djinn don't like detention. They go through the walls. All right, you can shut the door, but they yeah. go through the walls. They don't do lines. They don't do extra homework. They don't take kindly. Yeah. Are you going to try and expel him? He's been expelled from the world <laughs> of the living. How do you think he feels about being expelled from high school? He doesn't give a shit. Unless you can find a way to expel him upstairs to heaven. (laughs) Those sons of bitches aren't leaving. But this all begs one question. Uh, How is a black specter getting in there, attacking teachers in broad daylight without getting recorded? I hear you, listeners. And thank God someone was in there with a goddamn smartphone and took some evidence of this attack. Rory, feast your eyes on this. We've got some evidence of the black figure stalking the school. I did not see this coming <laughs> at all. Oh my gosh. I, I forget how recent this case fully was. Fully hearsay. This is a whole nother level on the pyramid of truth, my friends. We got evidence. <laughs> so this is it's just a picture. Yeah. You don't have the video. No, there's no video. Of course not. There's no video. Of course, you no said video. someone was filming on their smartphone. No, I said they had a smartphone. They got footage. I think I said <laughs> it's yeah, a okay. single frame of it's footage. A, a single frame implies that there's more frames, and it's a, from there a video. may be. There really may be. There may be a video out there of the specter pinning the PE teacher to the ground. But for now, we got a twit pic. All right, folks. This is a tweet with the hashtag hysteria. <laughs> 
Hey, don't read that. Don't read the hashtag. The tweet uh, is from a man named Philip, and it says a figure supposedly of the apparition caught on camera by an SMK student from the school. Have you looked at what's inside the red the circle? Giant red the giant circle. red circle. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't looking outside it. Well, I just want to make sure you saw the black figure. There's an incredibly bold red circle <laughs> taking up almost all of the the picture. Sure. Well, we don't want you to miss it because you don't seem very shocked. So I feel like you haven't but, even seen the, the black figure yet. There is a tiny sliver of a man hiding behind a pillar. He's kind of peeking out. Well, it's quite thin, yeah, because he's, he's, he's a supernatural entity, so. Sure, but he's also half of his body's behind the pillar. He's hiding, yeah. He's yeah, hiding. he's not just thin because he's a ghost. He's also hiding half of his body yeah, behind the is. pillar. I want he, you to he just He doesn't want to be seen. He's peeking. He's peeking out. Okay. Hey, you got some evidence. That's good. That's more than I thought it was going to be. I can't say it's the most convincing evidence. I feel like I feel like a video would have maybe uh, hammered this this case home a little bit. But listen, videos I feel like hashtag be... #hysteria has put right, me well, off. Forget it. I wish I hadn't shown you the tweet now, but uh Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, you could have easily cropped the tweet out of the image. I could have. I could have. But hey, there's a lot more dark spaces in that image. You don't know how many jinn are crouching in that in that space. That's a fair point. Like dragons, they are invisible. Now, regardless of what we think about this photograph, evidence like this was simply petrol on the already out of control fire of panic at this That school. was petrol? This sent people into a frenzy. Uh, they're freaking out that there's demons in the hallways at this point. And like in 2018, the officials had no choice but to bring in shamans, religious scholars, and witch doctors. They recited prayers and rites, trying to banish the demons and save the kids, but to seemingly no avail. Even more kids were struck by visions and fainting. Good God, when do you call it? And it was pretty serious because there was at least one report of a possessed girl jumping off a third floor flight of stairs. Oh my God. Thankfully, her fall was broken and she wasn't seriously injured. She actually fell on a pile of gin. <laughs> they just, it was a very soft landing. They were pissed though. They were the good gin, it seems. <laughs> uh, one girl told the press, quote, I cannot explain how I became possessed, but I could not move and I fainted until I was revived. They actually went as far as to cut down all the trees surrounding the school because in Malaysian folklore, woods and trees are kind of heavily associated with the supernatural. Right. The supernatural is somehow tied to nature. So they were like, cut it all down so that the jinn can't hide there. Okay. And you know, something we talk about a bunch in this show are the potential motives of the paranormal witnesses involved. Do they stand to gain anything from lying or deceiving people like us? Yeah. But in the case of Young City, who kicked off this event in 2018, or the girl in 2016 that jumped off the flight of stairs, the answer is, of course, no. And in fact, City was so deeply affected by these events that her family tried everything to help her recover, including a mix of scientific and paranormal solutions. Okay, at least they got science in there as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 Ooh. so far? Go. Mm, okay. Uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Ah, uh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals, 
BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house, huh? but for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Well, so one of the healers they worked with on this was a man named Zaki Ya, a healer with over 20 years of experience. And not that long ago, the BB, I think it was this year, in fact, the BBC interviewed him to learn more about his specific type of healing. He said, quote, we share our world with these unseen beings. They are either good or bad and can be defeated by faith. The reporters said that when they visited his home, it was covered in religious scriptures all over the walls. He had stacks of holy water by the entrance by his front door. Why? And in one corner of the room, he had a table of rusty knives, combs, orbs, and a dried seahorse. And he told them, hey, those items are cursed. Please don't touch anything. Even the holy water? How do you have cursed holy water? Is that just gasoline? Here's actually, just for your reference, this is like a little close-up shot they took of the table of cursed items. Jesus. (laughs) It's a very... That's just a little orb. There's an orb. And some seaweed. I don't I don't want to know what, what that orb does. Oh my god, no. Why do you need that much holy water as well? What is so unholy and so dry that you need that much holy water? And apparently to these reporters, he demonstrated his treatment on a possessed patient, whereby using prayer and chants, he was able to calm them down from a possessed frenzy. Oh, so he's not like healing cuts. No, 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 Possessions, mostly. And although Zaki Yaya's practices sound a bit irresponsible, a bit dangerous, let's say, since not that long ago we talked about the possession of Annalise in Germany, uh, where she sadly died. But believe it or not, there's an even more controversial and even less scientific approach to healing than this. A team of academics in Pahang, Malaysia, decided that when someone gets a cut, you know, you grab the first aid kit and it has everything you need inside it to help them. Sure. But what do you do when someone's possessed? You need a kit that blends science and the paranormal to help rid them of their possession. I am into this. I am so into this. We need to have these in the paranormal commune right off the bat. I'm thinking a crucifix, an upside down crucifix, a defibrillator to bring people back to life, a fibrillator to kill them again. Of course. Uh, the, the, All eventualities are covered. Medicine, poison, basically everything you'd have in the, you know, the scientific medical box, we need the opposite in the paranormal box. Right, right, right. Bandages, barbed wire. <laughs> They'll make you bleed even more the more you wrap. Painkillers? Pain. Just a pair of... <laughs> just a knuckle duster. <laughs> to just wail on the spot, make it even more sore. And so in their kit, they have included a few different things. What are known as ammonia inhalants. I had to look this up. Otherwise known as smelling salts. Oh, this is a lot tamer than ours. So this is um, obviously for someone like City who passes out in class and goes to the netherworld. Uh, the idea, I suppose, is that you put the smelling salts under her nose revives her back to consciousness pretty smart i'm pretty sure that's actually a trick that they used to try and get people out of comas is um using uh aromas that they'd be familiar with uh when they were living also music as well play their favorite music hopefully it sinks into their subconscious and uh wakes them up that's trippy so that's very interesting that you know that is almost a half scientific half paranormal approach yeah i'm kind of on board for the uh smelling salts here's where it goes a little bit sideways there's just a bottle of formic acid which is right the content of bee stings <laughs> what? uh so i think the idea is, that, is a, the, a glass a bottle of bee stings yeah how is that even i think the idea <laughs> is that by inflicting pain you might be able to bring them back to consciousness. Along, very much along the same lines as that product, we have pepper spray, straight up pepper spray. Right, nothing really scientific spray about that. Spray that in the face of the, the schoolgirl who's fainted in the classroom, uh, you know, cause some pain, 
hopefully bring her back to consciousness. Yeah. After that, we just have four wooden sticks uh, used to kind of poke and kind of inflict pain. These kids aren't vampires. Then we have, uh, it very sensibly, we also have um, some safety goggles and some gloves because you don't want to get the formic acid on you or the pepper spray in your eyes yeah you ever been stung by a bee in the eye it's not good also how did they did they milk bees how did they get this i think formic acid you can i think it's like a basic chemical compound you can create it very cheaply that is also what is inside also of bees. happens to be what's inside got it they didn't have to hunt bees and milk their little stingers into a glass although you'd think they would have because this kit costs 1700 pounds that and has been described as um ministers in kind of malaysian politics as unbelievably offensive absurd and idiotic yeah and i think one former minister was quoted as saying it is the mark of a backward society uh, that these exist Yet, these academics, they've sold it to over 100 schools. I mean, it's, so, it's a mark of a backward society to pay $1,000 for some goggles, some planks of wood, and acid in a jar. And pepper spray. And yeah. pepper spray. Yeah, I feel like there's you could get that on Amazon Prime. I mean, mine is the bees. But you could buy some honey on Amazon Prime and do the bee thing yourself if you want. So it kind of shows you that there's a few different ways of approaching this problem in Malaysia. And it kind of gives you an insight into how seriously they take it, how seriously they have to take it. One person described Malaysia as the mass hysteria capital of the world because of the sheer frequency of panics like this in schools. Right. Um, So you kind of have to sympathize a little bit that they rely on unusual things like witch doctors, uh, priests these kits of pepper spray i mean jesus because it's because they're so at their wits end of what to do to combat this problem yeah i think definitely if places in the uk or us were still suffering um the wrath of so many paranormal events i mean we definitely would probably have more witch doctors and more priests going out and performing exorcisms but for some reason or another uh, paranormal activity has for the most part uh died off in uh, a lot of these like major countries we're not dealing with these epidemics where kids are being possessed so we don't have the necessity for people who can handle those situations so i can see how this has happened this is evolution isn't it and it raises the question as to an explanation of what's happened here do we have malaysia as just being one of the most haunted places in the world, somewhere where jinn run rampant, possessing school children, apparently at the drop of a hat, where they don't do that in other countries like in Europe and Americas? Or is it like some people in Malaysia think that this is simply a mass hysteria and that these outbreaks of panic happen to happen in the most religious parts of the country and that the students are just putting their religious folklore context onto the panic that's just happening through everyday life. Yeah, well, that's this is a big uh, talking point in our last case that we talked about, where it's um, it, we, we pretty much both came down on the fact that this was definitely a case of undiagnosed mental illness right. that was contextualized within a very religious family who were surrounded by very religious people. That's right. And that is their frame of mind for understanding uh, what this girl was going through. And you're right. Maybe we're seeing the same thing here. I mean, for it to be this widespread is pretty weird. You know, if it was one kid who was complaining, but you don't throw around the word epidemic lightly. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to 10 plus kids, you're, you're entering paranormal territory, my friend. That's an interesting point. I mean, does it does it make a difference? based on how many people it's happened to. Like you say, in the case of one very mentally ill individual, that's quite easy for us to come down on a conclusion. But when it's happening here to dozens and dozens of school children over yeah. a couple of years, as recently as last year, it definitely raises a few eyebrows. Yeah, you know, you get one kid in your school falling over, talking about demons, talking about hell. Sure. Get in the witch doctor. Have a conversation about it. When you got 30 of these kids dropping like flies, folks, it's time to burn it down and move on. Build a new school. You already cut down all the trees. Use that shit as firewood. 
you know, throw it in all the classrooms, burn it down, burn the ghosts down, move, build a new school. We need a gum jam asylum level evacuation. We need overnight 30 minute evacuation, drop everything. We need the president of the school to leave the country, <laughs> flee. We probably shouldn't let them run a school again because... Absolutely it got not. overrun with demons. Yeah. But at the end of every episode of This Paranormal Life, we have to come down on a yes or a no, whether the case we have put forward is truly paranormal or not. And Rory, I'm putting it to you with the evidence we've talked about, what we've seen in these two different schools. Is this paranormal or not? As I said, if we were looking at one person, I would write this off. But we're looking at a huge crowd of people all suffering. And this isn't an isolated incident. This has happened before. The only problem with this case is we're missing the the top of the pyramid of truth. Hearsay. I hear you. Well, not hearsay, because there's actually been a lot of that. Oh, uh, like... Uh, we're missing r- the rumor? most important rumor? one. Could it be rumor. that? Rumor. Oh. We're missing all the... We're missing the key point to the pyramid of truth, all right? And that's evidence. We need evidence. And granted, you did provide me with a still uh, from Single the school. still, yep. Which did have a black figure yep. standing behind a pillar. Pretty damning, I know. I just don't know if it was uh, damning enough for me to firmly state that I believe that this case was paranormal. Until we can find some footage, if that was from a video, hopefully one of our listeners can let us know and tweet that footage at us. Uh, but until then... I think I'm going to have to come down on not paranormal. Listen, Rory, I'd love to sit here and fight with you on this physically because, you know, granted, I've put a lot of time into this. I've put a lot of emotional energy into finding out whether these possessions are real or not. But I think, as some of our regular listeners will know, we've come up against a few cases of potential possession slash potential mass hysteria. Right. The dancing plague? Yeah, the dancing plague in Strasbourg. Even things as similar as kind of mermaid sightings in Africa in the last kind of 10 years. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you really deep dive into them, you don't come away with a good taste in your mouth. And certainly when you read the story in Malaysia, you read about the circumstances these kids are living in you start to see the same thing over and over again. These sightings always happen in hyper-religious countries. They always happen to young girls who have more pressure on them than any other sector of society. Uh, They basically happen to people living hard lives. Um, And it's something then that we don't see in countries who don't have the context of folklore and don't have the exact same pressures on them on day-to-day life. And we do see that people like City who then go on to kind of lead a less stressful life, who try to recover from the situation. They don't see dark figures again yeah. that much. They aren't like passing out every day. Yeah, it's, it's weird when, when things kind of chilled out, I stopped seeing the shadow people <laughs> when I wasn't at school all day, work all night, repeating that seven days a week. At the end of the BBC investigation, City was like, I got a karaoke microphone. It's got all my yeah. favorite songs in here. Yeah. I have been having a great time lately. And they were like, that's awesome to see. She seems to have recovered really well. I think I've said it before. I don't mean to come down on this conclusion from the standpoint of being patronizing and saying these people are making it up. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, because I know we both know what it's like to uh, have seen something in real life and have no one believe you. I mean, I know that we've talked about it before, but my first paranormal experience when I was in Dublin with right. the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the okay, gorilla with man. The, sure, with the gorilla. Okay. But that was what's your point anyway? So, Well, it's relative to the story because it was my first experience. Okay, and well, I, we can just move past and I was, the seeing the thing and just let's get on to the no one f***ing believing you because it didn't happen. How about that? All right. Yeah, you're right. It also has a lot to do with the story because it didn't happen. You're right. It was, probably, it was probably stress. Yeah, you were stressed because your life was a mess because you were making up shit. I just don't know why I would see some sort of half gorilla, half man. Okay, don't even, I don't even want to go there as to what you saw. Sorry. Listen, we got a live show just around the corner. If there's time, you can you can talk to folks then about fine, it. But fine, maybe they'll care. I'm just worried if you talk shit about me, I'll be depressed again, and then I'll see the I'll, he'll come back. You know what? It'll be a tough time again. I'd for love me. to see that. I'd love to push you to your absolute limit because then we'll realize that that thing doesn't <laughs> exist. I would like to make your life a living hell just so we can learn that that shit doesn't exist. I want to put you in the jungle, you and him. Needless to say, I think it's a yes. <laughs> This week. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to be talking about f***ing dragons. Whether those bastards are real. 
<laughs> and at the end, we're going to do a This Part Normal Life first, a cook-off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we're going to be getting celebrity chefs to cook up these f***ers' eggs. The question is yes or no to scrambled. It's a double no today, folks. Yeah. I think you all probably saw that one coming. Um, a fantastic story, a very recent story, very uh, important story to talk about as well. If you've got any of your own thoughts about it, send them into this podcast at gmail.com. If you are living with any dark figures, do let us know. Uh, hit us up on the socials, twitter.com forward slash thisparalife, facebook.com forward slash thisparanormallife. If you enjoyed this week's episode, wouldn't you want to hear it in the flesh? That's right, we're doing another live podcast, live investigation, <laughs> folks. We're going to be investigating a uh, secret paranormal phenomenon. That's right. Live in London. And our live shows are like the goddamn Skull and Bones Society, all right? Sure, you can buy a ticket, but there's no guarantee you're getting in. We get, we get first say who gets in or out. It's very yeah. much a face club. We just judge people on their looks on the way in. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. But you have to, instead of looking handsome or pretty, you must look ghoulish. Of course. Only the most ghoulish looking people. We want to see trench coats. We want to see Matrix sunglasses. level sunglasses. Of course. But once you get in, the live show is going to be fantastic. We're going to be chugging Lombardi all night. We're going to be hanging out afterwards for a meet and greet where we can uh, chat with everyone who comes to the show. It's going to be a great night. So come along. Have we said mentioned a date or time? Sunday, 15th of September at 9.30 p.m. at King's Place in London. That's around King's Cross. It's a fantastic, beautiful venue, and we can't wait to see you all there. You can buy tickets on the King's Place website, kingsplace.co.uk, but we have also tweeted and posted about the link on Facebook and everywhere else. If you enjoyed that episode and you can't quite get enough, there's a treasure trove of podcasts lying in secret, lying in hiding like a hidden tiger oh, in that's waiting. Right. Ready to pounce. This tiger is starved. This tiger hasn't had meat for days. This tiger is being abused and it's ready to Whoa, lash. Okay. It's ready to lash out at its owners. Oh yeah, you think that chain's gonna hold back the tiger? Chunk! Tiger's off Whoa. the leash now, baby. Tiger's free. Tiger's slashing you back to back with bonus content. Except the tiger isn't free. This tiger costs five bucks a month folks because on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life at two bucks a month you can get a shout out here in the show five bucks a month gets you access to the roaring feral tiger that is our (laughs) bonus episodes if i'm not being clear enough we make bonus episodes yeah let's drop the tiger analogy i don't think it's actually working that well we make bonus episodes for all y'all uh to listen to and at five bucks a month, you get one of those every month. We've got a bunch of them in the backlog as well. So if you want, you can sign up for five bucks today and get listen to all of them. A ton, hours, a ton, hours of listening. But Kit, how will I know if I want to listen to these bonus episodes if I've never even heard one of these bonus episodes? You just trust us that they're amazing, asshole. I was teeing, I was teeing you up. What? I was teeing you up so we could play a clip from oh, the bonus the clip, episode, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you came at me hard there. Yeah. Sorry, this is a like tiger, a tiger stuff. <laughs> Got me pretty I thought we up. said we were going to drop that analogy. The tiger cool, analogy. actually. Man. Okay. Okay, here's well, a clip of our latest go. bonus episode. You know, what was I? I was a boy. All right? I was blinded by the glitz and the glamour of New York City. I'd just been to the f***ing M&M's world, so I was high as a kite. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know that for- was the high point of Western civilization. <laughs> I thought the red peanut M M&M and M was the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I thought it was the lady herself welcoming me to the shores. I thought the <laughs> newly debuted crunchy M M&M and M was the finest Michelin starred cuisine. I thought the playful banter between both M M&M and Ms was a Broadway show. I really did. Thought it was Hamilton. I straight up thought it was Hamilton. Um, so. You know, am I a credible witness? I think I have proved in 126 episodes of this podcast that I'm not. Of course. Of course not. All I have is my own word against my own word. And like I said, at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who have supported us on Patreon. And that's what we're going to do right now. Thank you to Greg Ellis. Greg Ellis. I was wondering what that smell is. People don't know this, but Greg is one of the only humans that just drinks cologne. Really? Straight up shots it. Isn't that pure alcohol? Like, toxic? Extremely no? toxic. Oh. But 
it makes him, I guess it makes him sick because he's almost always uh, on the edge of death. Really? But you've never smelt a better man in your life. I mean, his breath is just confusing. Confusingly breath delicious. should not be musky. No. Should not be should not deep be mahogany. Sandalwood. Yeah, but it is. Thank you, Greg. Thanks also to Amy Barry. Amy tried to tame me, but I am a tiger, all right? You can't cage this beast up, Amy. You can whip him, sure. You can can hit him. You can make him jump through those little flame hoops that they do at the circus. But granted, you can chain him up. Sure, and yet he can't actually do much once he's chained up. Sure, you cannot give him food and he'll starve to death. Yeah. But the second you turn your back and forget to lock the chain and also forgot that you left out a sirloin so you can eat that and get enough strength to even walk. Uh-oh. <laughs> Big mistake, Amy. <laughs> so keep an eye on your tigers 24-7, Amy. Thanks also to Jonathan Hughes. Jonathan Hughes loves booze. <laughs> this guy drinks cologne as well, but for, let's face it, entirely different reasons. Of course. Always on the brink of death. Also, always pissed. Granted. You should never walk into a, uh, a pharmacy and say, which of your colognes has the highest alcohol content? It's going to raise a few eyebrows. Yeah, of course it is. And no that's one not wants what to we smell need. like alcohol. <laughs> no, that's not what we need in the commune is people raising eyebrows, all right? No, we need everyone in the commune to blend in. Exactly. So shot your cologne through your eyes like a regular man. Thanks also to Billy Barnes. Well, if it isn't Hillbilly Barnes, born and raised on the farm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's great to have you on board in the paranormal commune, my friend. Because we need food. We need someone who can actually harvest food. I don't trust anything that comes from a supermarket or a supermercado. That's Spanish for supermarket. Nice. <laughs> so, Billy, we're... I'm also worried I just disclosed the location of the paranormal commune. Uh, that might come back to bite us one day. <laughs> Shit. No, no, no. It, it might be a right. supermercado or a supermarché or a combini. Thank you for or, saying uh, this. Though. Or uh, it, I got to come clean. It's a supermercado. It's absolutely a supermercado. Yeah, we're not even discreet. We're in Barcelona. Yeah. We're in the heart of Barcelona. <laughs> we're on Las Ramblas. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, right now, we're, we're low on cash. We're selling a lot of those little fidget spinners on the high street. <laughs> we're low on cash because I like the gamblas. <laughs> Gamblas on las ramblas. So we could really do with uh, as, mu- as many vegetables as we can here, Billy. Thank you also to Ives. It's great to have them as a member of the uh, Paranormal Commune because, you know, if anyone's uh, acting suspicious, we can say, I've got my Ives on you. And they'll think I'm just watching them closely, but no, it's no, no. Ives. Yeah. They are on you like yeah. a backpack, like an owl. Like a Yoda <laughs> like a Luke Skywalker. A, a weird heavy Yoda weighing you down, keeping you low to the ground. Doing the same weird laugh as well. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but teaching you jack all. <laughs> You're not getting stronger. You're not getting smarter at all. Um, so it's great to have you as a, a powerful defense mechanism, mechanism in the podcast. Oh, sorry. As a powerful defense mechanism in the paranormal commune. Thanks also to Millie Marlowe. Well, if it isn't Killing Millie, the paranormal commune's executioner. Granted, if you're not in the commune yet, you're probably a little weirded out why we need an executioner. That's pretty much a red flag. Yeah. But, uh... Because Barcelona doesn't have martial law. Uh, no. It doesn't have Marshallona. They don't normally execute folks. And indeed, they would frown upon it if they knew about what we were doing. But that's why the commune is a closed-door society. As in, is if you disobey us, we'll close you between two doors. <laughs> that's, that's how Millie does it. Some people say it's barbaric. I think it's kind of beautiful and symbolic. So thanks, Millie, for your service. Thanks also to Pablo Octavio. I hope Pablo can hablo espanol because not giving away the location of the paranormal commune we already did but spe- being the ability to speak spanish yeah, pablo yeah, yeah, yeah. really will come in handy in this secret location that we don't want to disclose we already said it was las ramblas we're keeping that in we're keeping that in sorry shit <laughs> don't say it again brother we it's, gotta cut it's it. fine we can cut it as long as we tell the editor the two uh, two or three places we've said it so far we're fine yeah 
So we won't tell him. We won't tell him again. So Pablo, just keep up the Spanish lessons. Keep up the Pablo. Yeah. Not that it's in Spain. But thank you. Thanks also to Holly Hogan. Holly, quit hogging all the paella. (laughs) The commune's going hungry. Again, paella can be eaten anywhere in the world. Absolutely anywhere. It doesn't have any relevance to the location of the commune. But Holly... As we, as you know, we have farmers now in the commune, so we got everything: apples, corn, fruit. Yeah, the, all those, all that shit that grows from the ground, seeds. Yeah. So we don't need to eat all the paella. We can spread these things around, Holly. What I'm saying is, Holly, if you keep eating all the paella, you're not getting any sorbeta. Exactly. No estrella. Thanks also to James Moore. A little less con for Jameson. A little more action. Aha, uh-huh, baby. James is in the house. No, that was just like a little Elvis impression. The king, as he's known. I hope you appreciate that, James. Obviously, you're uh, a big fan of Elvis, I'm assuming. Who isn't? He's the god of rock and roll. And people, James, if you do want to see the king perform live, look, I have it on good authority that he's still alive. You know why? Because he's sleeping in my bunk bed right now in the paranormal commune. What? That's right. That little SOB never died. I would have thought he'd be in little. He wouldn't be in a bunk bed for for starts. He's the king. king. He sleeps where he wants. He wants a bunk bed. I offered him a throne. He didn't want it. You don't sleep on a throne. That's probably why. So look, if you do want to see him live, James, come to the commune. We can't disclose where the location is, but hopefully, you know, if you if you're if you are coming to the commune you're obviously on another brainwave yeah. than normal humans you can read into cryptic messages that we give off da vinci code level treasure hunts exactly you can hear the words between words and find out where the location is without us even having to say spain in the first place so thank you i said spain didn't i yeah i said it again that's fine it's, uh, that's like the fourth time so we'll just cut all four. We'll cut it okay thank you to dan esposito dan is our biggest fan i mean that Almost literally. He is a giant industrial fan. Whoa. We're enduring one of the hottest summers that uh, Barcelona has ever seen. Whoa. Oh, shit. We've been, we're enduring one of the hottest summers that uh, northern Spain has ever... Oh, shit. Say anything else. Okay, sorry. Just don't even say a location. We're enduring one of the hottest summers that Central Europe has ever seen. Sure. Or even just say the, the commune. You could even go more obscure. We, I don't, we don't have to say the location. We, we don't have to say any location. One of the, okay, I feel like I got to get it on. Okay, point. right. Don't, Barcelona's hot as... No, don't say Barcelona. Just say... Just say... Don't even say location. Okay. Don't We're hot. Location. We need a giant fan to cool us down. So we got down the fan. Yeah, it's not a great story if you cut out all the all the pizzazz. Of course, yeah. It's actually a little... Yeah, you, you're right. You do need the location. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, last but not least, to Morfineke. Hola, Morfineke. ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo está? How's it going? ¿Dónde está tu biblioteca? Obviously, I'm just speaking in Spanish now because sometimes it's fun to speak in other languages. You know, it's, it's got nothing to do with anything to do with... You're not, like, practicing it for, like, any reason or anything. No, 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 no. Not for any reason regarding the uh, the commune. Our current whereabouts, yeah. If, if any of our listeners do speak Spanish, including yourself, um, if you could just tell us how to say in Spanish, it's not a cult. Just that sentence in Spanish would really help us out. Because yeah. hypothetically... Sure, let's say the commune is located in Las Ramblas, Barcelona. Hypothetically, let's say we'd angered a bunch of locals. Yeah. All right? We didn't know it. We thought it was a, a freaking, uh, uh, what do you call a animal that is free and not owned by anyone? It's a freaking, what do you call it? What do you call it? Not even in Spanish and English. What do you call it? We thought it was a feral goat. <laughs> And we killed the goat, all right? As a part of a sack, hypothetically, we killed the goat. We thought it was a feral goat. We didn't realize it was owned by the locals. They're pissed now. They think it's a cult because we were drawing things in the goat blood. But, uh, sorry. None of this happened. None of this ever happened. I'm getting... Is it hot in here? I feel like I'm getting... Where's Dad? Get that pan on. I'm getting hot here. If you just... If you do know how to speak Spanish, just let me know how I say... It's not a cult, and I'm sorry about the goat. The legal proceedings are starting soon. The faster you can get it to us, the better, honestly. Yeah, it would really help us out. So thank you so much. And thanks to everyone else we've shouted out today. Thanks to everyone we are yet to shout out. Thanks for being so patient with us. We're getting uh, through our shout outs uh, slowly but surely. Um, So thanks for sticking with us. 
We will be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. Can't wait to see you then. Bye-bye, folks. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.